Let's open your, open your Bibles, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 12. We're going to read there together, 2 Corinthians, chapter 12. We're working our way through this book of the Bible. We're going to read just two verses today. So open your Bible, if you would, and we'll uh, follow along. Uh, 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, we'll start in verse 9, actually in the middle of verse 9. And I'm going to talk this morning on weak and strong, weak and strong. So let me tell you my I've got a theory about a a Bible story. Do you know the story in the Bible of Samson? Do you know that story? Samson who does like an incredibly strong guy and does all these great things. Here's my theory about Samson. I think Samson, uh, people said to him over and over, they said, what's the secret to your strength, Samson? And so here's my theory. I think Samson was not a big guy. Like no one said to Goliath, hey, what's this? How come you have such a big, heavy spear or sword. He was huge. It was obvious why. He, muscles on muscles, huge guy. And everybody kind of under, understood his strength. But people said to Samson, what's the secret of your strength? And here, so here's my theory. I think maybe Samson was a little guy. And, and it wasn't, and people would see this great strength that came from God, by the way, from God. And perhaps they said, man, I wonder how, how is he able to do that? Why does he have such strength? And I'm going to suggest to you that God wants you to understand the weakness of your life in a way that helps you to see the strength that's available. So let's read the text, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to read right in the middle of verse 9. Let's read these two verses together. Keep your Bible open. I'll refer uh, to the previous part of the chapter as well. The Bible says, Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. So here's the principle I want you to get with me this morning. Embrace your weaknesses to find God's strength. Embrace your weaknesses to find God's strength. And we're going to talk about three principles that help us to learn that overall underlying theme, and you're going to need this at some point in your life. You're going to need to understand these verses and understand this principle of embracing your weakness to find God's strength. And I want us to know three principles that help us to learn that. So principle number one, we are all weak. We are all weak. And verse nine says it like this. Paul says, therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses. Now note that, my weaknesses. It's uh, personal Paul says, my weaknesses, it's plural, weaknesses, not just one, weaknesses. It's present tense, it's what I have right now, not just what I had in the past. So think of this, this is Paul, the apostle. This is the guy who started the church at Corinth and all kinds of churches around them. This is the guy, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God would use this man to write portions of Holy Scripture. This is a guy who saw huge numbers of people come to Christ, who endured great difficulties for the cause of Christ, who was revealed, revered throughout history because of what he did for the Lord. This man said, my weaknesses, it's personal, my weaknesses, I'm, I'm guessing if Paul had weaknesses, so do you. Plural, not just a weakness, not just one thorn in the flesh, but weaknesses, plural, I'm guessing if he had weaknesses, so do you. And present tense, 
Not just something I had in the past, but something I have now. So Paul is saying, this great man Paul is saying, I have weaknesses right now, my own weaknesses, plenty of them, my past, my problems, my difficulties, my struggles, my physical problems like the thorn in the flesh. If you were here last week, we talked about that thorn in the flesh, some physical problem that Paul faced. My spiritual battles, Paul talked about the battle between the old nature and the new nature. And if you know Christ as Savior, you know something about that battle in your own life, that battle that's going on. Paul could talk about all of those things in his life. My weaknesses, he called them. So here's two things I want you to get from this. I'll just tell you both of them up front. Number one, I want you to note that we all walk with a limp. We all walk with a limp. And secondly, your limp is worse than you think. It's worse than you think. So let's note this together. We all walk with a limp. We all have my weaknesses. We all have personal weaknesses. We all have a plurality of weaknesses, and we all have present tense weaknesses. Sometimes it's our past, all the troubles and difficulties that we bring with us to this place. We limp because of our struggles, our difficulties, our spiritual battles. All of us have that. All of us have those things. We bring them to this place. We all walk with a limp. Maybe you came here thinking, well, those people have it all together. Let me just tell you, we all, all of us, in this fallen, broken world, with our fallen, broken past, all of us know something about walking with a limp. My grandfather, on my paternal side, uh, walked with a very pronounced limp. I tell the story always in the membership class about my grandfather, and I'll tell uh, some details next week's the next membership class. I'll tell more about that when I teach the class. But so my grandfather, when he was a boy, fell and broke his hip, and so one leg, from that point forward, that leg did not grow properly. And so at, when he was a man, he had an adult, you know, a man-sized leg on one side and a shriveled, small, weak leg on the other side. It was a pronounced, it was a terrible limp. All of his life, from that point forward, he walked with a terrible limp. In fact, I talked to um, some extended relatives just a, a couple of years ago, and they told me about this one of my extended relatives told about his father building this shoe for my grandfather. So he had a shoe that he put on, he made a platform for a shoe to attach to. And this platform, the extended relative could weld and he made two like metal uh, kind of shoe shaped parts and he connected them with some rods so that it wouldn't be quite so heavy. And that helped kind of build a platform for the shoe so that my Grandfather could walk a little bit better. He still had to swing that leg every step, one normal step, and then swing the leg a normal step. He, he never forgot that he had a limp. There was never a day when he didn't think, I, I don't know if I've got my limp today. He was, he'd be reminded of it over and over. You know how adults sometimes will withhold sometimes what they think. They don't always say it, some of them. But kids will sometimes just blurt out what they think, and they'd say, well, you know what's wrong with you? And why do you walk like that? And what happened to your leg? And over and over. He was reminded of that all the time. He had a limp. Can I just tell you something? So do you. So do you. My grandfather had not just a physical limp, but he had a spiritual limp. He did not know Christ as Savior until he was a middle-aged man. He had a spiritual limp. And can I tell you something? All of us do. Even in Christ. We still have the struggles with our past. We often bring with us the baggage of our past. We often struggle with the old nature and the new nature. Some of you know that very, very well. And we all walk with a limp. We all walk with a limp. We bring all of those pains, all of those problems, all of those difficulties with us. We are all weak. 
And I said, not only that we all walk with a limp, but that your limp is worse than you think. And it is worse than you think. If you don't know Christ as Savior, the Bible describes you as lost. And can I tell you, it's way worse than you think. You think, well, like sin's not, I mean, okay, it's bad, you shouldn't sin, but it's no big deal. And the Bible says, no, it's a huge deal. The Bible says that sin separates us from God who is holy. And that by the nature of sin, it's, it keep, God is holy and we are not. And apart from Christ, we are separated from God to such an extent that we're facing spiritual death and we will spend eternity separated from God in hell. I mean, that's from the Bible itself. And God is saying, it's a big deal. Many people never come to Christ because they think it's not that big a deal and they don't really need God. But when you see the reality that you are weak and it's really bad, it's really bad. And that's why we urge you to come to Christ, to Come to know him as Savior because the blood of Jesus is sufficient to pay the penalty for your sins so that you can be forgiven of every sin of your life. And you can have new life in Christ. And if you will repent of your sins and place your trust in Jesus who died for you to take your debt and the penalty for your sins, who rose from the grave and conquered death for you, if you will trust him as Savior, the Bible says you will be forgiven and set free by the power of God. You can have new life in Christ. But let me just tell you, not only is our, our limp worse than we think for those who don't know Christ as Savior, but Paul is talking here as a believer. Paul knows Christ as Savior, and yet he calls it my weakness, personal, present tense, plural. And he's reminding us that our problems are bigger than we think, because many times we never get the help we need because we, I don't need God, I'm okay, I'm okay. You know, if I get really bad, I'll call on God, but I'm okay, and I'm all right. And the reality is we're walking with a terrible limp. We bring with us to this place our past. Some of you have a past that has some great pain involved, and you were harmed or hurt or wronged when you were young. We bring our problems, even our own mistakes, our own choices, the silliness and foolishness of our lives, our own sins. We bring all of those to this place. Even after we know Christ as Savior, we're still in this spiritual battle. We're still battling with the old nature and the new nature. You know that in your life, don't you? And so we all walk with a limp, and our limp is worse than we think. So I just want to ask you this question. Are you aware of your limp? I mean, do you know that? You'll never find what God wants you to find, what God wants you to have, without acknowledging that you're weak. That you're weak. That's the starting place to find the strength that God wants you to have. So principle number one, we're all weak. Principle number two, we have access to Christ's power. We have access to Christ's power. Paul says it like this, uh, Therefore I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. Now let's note a couple of things about Christ's power. It's saying Christ has power. He is powerful. Christ is bigger than your limp. He is bigger than your limp. He's bigger than your past. Whatever pain you brought from your past, whatever failures or mistakes, however you were harmed or wronged, Christ is bigger than your past. He's bigger than your failures. Maybe you made promises you didn't keep. Maybe you had some catastrophic failures in your life. Christ is bigger. Christ is greater than your sins. Our sins are great. I mentioned they're greater than we tend to think, but grace is greater still, greater than our sins. Christ is more powerful than your insecurities, than your doubts, than your fears, whatever you're worried about. 
Christ is powerful. Christ is powerful. And listen, Christ's power can reside in you. Paul said, so that Christ's power may reside in me. Not out there, not somewhere, but in me. The God who made the universe, the God who could speak this world into existence, the God who could form the stars, the universe, the small details, the microscopic details of our lives. Christ's power resides in us. The Bible says when you trust Christ as Savior, God the Holy Spirit lives in you, in you. Not out there somewhere, but in you. Christ in you. God the Holy Spirit living in you. You have access to the power of God in your life. So my grandfather, um, I mentioned, had not just a physical limp, but he was also lost. And, and he, as a middle-aged man, I'll tell the story in the membership class, but he came to know Christ as his Savior when he was a middle-aged man, when my father was just a, a, my father was a boy. And when he did, Christ forgave him of his sins. And Christ adopted him into his family. And think of this. God who, the God who created the universe came to live in him. I don't know that my grandfather understood that at the moment. When he gave his life to Christ, he probably didn't understand it. What he did know was he had a terrible limp, and it wasn't just physical. And he had a terrible need, and it wasn't just for a new leg. And he recognized that he was a sinner who needed the Lord. And out of that weakness, he came to Christ. And Christ came to live in him. And God began to work in his life. Now, there are some things that were immediately changed in his life, and I'm thankful for it. One of the my grandfather had some problems that uh, God was still working on to the end of his days. My grandfather died when I was a little, just a little boy. But something changed immediately. Um, my aunt, just a few years ago before she passed away, told me again this story I had heard a few times along the way. My grandfather, in a drunken rage, got into a fist fight with his teenage son. Oh, you like that? Good parenting skills? You like those parenting skills? Fist fight with his teenage son who ran away from home for an extended period of time. And he stopped drinking, which was a great blessing to our family and to his life and to his children. And, uh, but some things God was still working on to the end of his days. But God, the Holy Spirit, living in him, began that work of changing him. Listen, a physical limp didn't end until heaven, and I'm thankful in heaven there'll be no more physical limp, but the spiritual limp that he still struggled with to the end of his days, God removes fully in heaven. How thankful I am for that promise from God. So get these principles. We're all weak, and we have access in Christ. We have access to the power of God. So that brings us to the third point, and I, I really want us to focus on this. This is when we understand these first two principles that we are all weak, all of us, not just, not just every one of us in this room, every one of us hearing this message, but we can in Christ have, the, have access to the power of God, it helps us to understand principle number three. Weak people find powerful victory through Christ. Weak people find powerful victory through Christ. So I want you to go back to the text with me, and we're going to work our way through verses 9 and 10 and really try to understand what God is saying to us here. Verse 9, the middle of verse 9 says, therefore, if you were here last week, it's referring back to what was just what we looked at last week, where Paul said, I had in my life 
in order to not boast, God put in my life this, this thorn in the flesh, some physical problem that Paul faced. And Paul said, I prayed three times earnestly to God, God, would you remove this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. I don't like it. I don't want it. Would you remove it? And the, here's what God said three times. God, in effect, said no. And he said this, my grace is right in verse nine. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. He's saying, listen, Paul, lean in to your weakness because I'm going to use it to work in your life. Lean into it because I'm going to use it in your life. Therefore, verse 9 says, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses. He's saying, I'm not hiding my weaknesses. I'm not pretending that I don't have a limp. So I'm letting you see, Church of Corinth, I'm letting you see, those who read God's word here, that I have weaknesses, personal weaknesses, present tense weaknesses, a plurality of weaknesses. And here's why. So that Christ's power may reside in me. He's saying, I want people to see the purpose behind this. I want people to see that I'm weak so that they see the power of God that's doing the work. Because quite frankly, Paul is saying, quite frankly, Church of Corinth, you don't need me. You need the Lord. I can't save you, but Jesus can. I can't give you the spiritual power you need, but the Lord can. And so I'm leaning into my weaknesses. I embrace my weaknesses so that you can see the power of God in my life working in you because that's what you need. And then let's go to verse 10. Paul says, so I take pleasure in weaknesses and insults and hardships, persecutions and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So let's note some things about this victory that God offers. First, would you notice victory over circumstances? Paul says, I take pleasure. He says, I'm happy, I'm joyful. Despite the circumstances and weaknesses, there is where I've failed my physical weaknesses, my emotional weaknesses, my relational weaknesses, my spiritual weaknesses. It's not that Paul doesn't want to do what God wants. It is that Paul recognizes God is able to work in him despite the fact that God in heaven knows full well Paul is an imperfect person. God is not surprised by your imperfections. He's not unaware of them. And God can work in people who are imperfect. In fact, that's the kind of people God works in all the time. Have you noticed the only kind of people God has are people who are weak. Have you noticed that? Because we are all weak. He says, I take pleasure in weaknesses and insults. Paul was insulted many times for the cause of Christ. People who didn't like the message of the gospel and made it personal with him. In my hardships, Paul listed a whole series of difficulties earlier in that chapter, in chapter 11 especially, all the problems that he faced, all the difficulties that he, trials and struggles, and beaten and, and shipwrecked and imprisoned and all the dangers that he faced. He mentioned those many times. Persecutions. Can I just remind you, um, freedom benefiting, benefited from freedom uh, believers in this land, there are people who are facing persecution all around the world today for the cause of Christ. I am so thankful for the freedom we have and for those who uh, protect that freedom. I'm just, I'm very thankful. But we ought not take it for granted because around the world are people who are facing, for the cause of Christ, persecution. Paul knew something about that. And then he used, uh, he called it, in, and in difficulties, kind of a general word describing all the problems and struggles that he faced. 
What Paul is saying here is he was willing to sacrifice for the cause of Christ. Like he just said, there's something so big and so lasting and so important. Man, I, am, I, will, I will get beaten for that. I will get shipwrecked for that. I'll go to a prison cell for that. That's how important the gospel was for him. Can I just tell you, circumstances don't determine your victory. They don't have to determine your victory. For many people, they do. So we say, I mean, I'll find victory and joy in life based on my circumstances. Well, great. Circumstances, though, are beyond, many of them, beyond your control. But victory comes despite circumstances. And if we find victory over circumstances, man, God blesses that. Otherwise, circumstances find victory over us. There's a second thing I want you to note here. It's victory through purpose. Paul says, I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties for the sake of Christ. Paul's talking here really about his purpose. He's saying, I'm I'm willing to do hard things to sacrifice, to face difficult situations for a reason. It's for the sake of Christ. My life's not about me. My purpose isn't my pleasure. It isn't an easy life. It isn't for, for me to have smooth sailing. It isn't for there to be no limp in my life. But for the sake of Christ, I live my life. And I'm trying to glorify him and honor him with my life. That's, that's something of purpose. I watched with some interest earlier this month. Uh, a shipwreck was discovered off the sh- shores or ice shelf, I guess, of Antarctica in tremendous condition. It was a shipwreck from 1915 called the Endurance. Some of you probably saw this story. Um, and it's a pristine shipwreck because it's in that cold water and the wood did not deteriorate it. It's just a magnificent find. And I had read this story about endurance years ago. So this guy named Ernest Shackleton was the captain of this ship. And back in 1915, uh, you know, that was the days of exploration and people were going on these adventures. He left London. People, especially the British explorers, were just kind of at their height, trying to be the first to certain places to discover new things. And and so 28 men, 27 Shackleton and 27 others went on this, got on the Endurance, and they sailed into the frozen um, seas around Antarctica, and they got into some ice, and they got stuck there in the ice. That's always the danger. And in a wooden ship, you can imagine how difficult it would be over time. They just could not get free, and over time, that ice began to just close in and close in and close in and cause cracks in the ship, and it would take on water and eventually sink. And so they realized there was nothing they could do to save the ship. And so Shackleton's purpose, his whole purpose changed from exploration and personal gain to, I'm going to save these men. I'm going to save these men. And so they began to find ways to survive. began to eat uh, seal meat and uh, some penguins, and they got the lifeboats off the endurance and took all the supplies they could and sailed through the frigid waters to a place called Elephant Island and they left most of the men there and Shackleton and four or five others, five of them I think it was, got on a one of these open lifeboats and sailed through those stormy seas to South Georgia one of the most dangerous stretches of ocean in our, on our planet and got to South Georgia and 36 hour walk across the mountains to the other side where they found a whaling station and found help and got all the men to safety and to the great amazement of all the people 
in London, they came back to a hero's welcome, and Shackleton's whole purpose had changed. I don't know what your purpose is in life, but I tell you, for a lot of people, maybe you're like a lot of Americans, it's just pleasure and joy and what I can get. It's about me and, and what I like and what I can have for myself. And, and Paul said, man, I am willing to do hard things and sacrifice great, great things because I'm living for something greater still for the sake of Christ. And when the day comes in life where you say, I'm going to live for something bigger than me, and something more than just my pleasure, and something more than just what I want. And I'm going to start seeing God put me in this world for a purpose, and I'm here in this short moment of life for a reason, and I'm going to do something more than just make it for the sake of me, but I'm going to live for the sake of Christ. That's when you find victory. It's a different way of looking at life. Victory over circumstances, and victory through purpose, and then notice it's victory by recognition. Now, I want you to get this because this is such a short little sentence, and yet there's so much power in this sentence and so much value to your life if you'll get this. Paul says this at the end of verse 10, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And you say that sounds kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Here's what Paul's saying. He's been saying this throughout this chapter and throughout the pages of Scripture. He's saying, when I am weak, that's when I recognize, and I cannot do this on my own. And I turn to God, and I find his strength. Can I point out the corollary? When you say, I'm strong, and I'm okay, and I don't need God, that's when you're weak. And I suspect there are many of you here who have said something like that to God. God, I'm okay. Listen, if I get into trouble, you know, and it really gets bad, but basically, I'm okay, God. I'm all right. And you wonder why you're not growing spiritually, and you wonder why the world doesn't seem to make much sense to you. And, but when you embrace your weakness in order to find God's strength, when you say, when I'm weak and I trust the Lord instead, that's when I find his strength. So I haven't forgotten about Samson, probably a little guy. That's what I think. And people said, why do you have all this strength? Man, it was, it was God. It was a God thing. But somewhere along the way, Samson sort of forgot it was from God. And he thought, you know what? I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I can break those uh, ropes. You know, I'm pretty strong. Break those ropes, no problem. I don't know if you've noticed what I can do with the jawbone of a donkey but read it for yourself in the bible samson just saying i can man amazing things you give me a jawbone of a donkey and i'll, I'll take care of some philistines i'll just I'll, I'll tell you that and at some point he started thinking you know what i'm pretty strong and i can do this on my own and then he got a really bad haircut and he found out Man, if I don't depend upon God's strength, I am weak. I am broken. Can I tell you, some of you are so weak. I, you've got talents and abilities and skills and education and training, but you're so weak because you've depended upon yourself. And God's saying to you, listen, you're walking with a limp, and you don't even have to pretend that it's not there. 
You brought the limp of your past with you. The brokenness of your failures and mistakes. And you've tried to say it's all okay and I'm not limping at all. And, it's a, and you've covered and pretended. Embrace that weakness. God, I am weak and I can't do this on my own. But you are strong. And you use weak people like me all the time to accomplish your purposes. I can't save anyone, but you can. I can't do anything of great glory, but you can. I can't accomplish anything of lasting value by my own strength and power and might, but you can do things that bring eternal and lasting glory. And so, God, I'm going to embrace that weakness so that instead of depending upon myself, I depend upon you, and I find the strength that is available through Christ. And that's when I'm strong. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? And as we pray, there's some of you here, if you were honest with God, you'd have to say, I'm lost. I've never trusted Christ as Savior. Maybe you've trusted religion or goodness or yourself. But you're lost. And the Bible says you're weak and it's worse than you think. And you can't save yourself by your own goodness. You can't be religious enough to go to heaven. But Christ died for you. Christ paid the penalty for you. And if you will repent of your sins and place your faith in Christ, Christ will save you. He is able. But it starts with you recognizing your need for Him. Would you say, God, I'm weak and I need you? Would you come to know Him as Savior? And Christian, I want to say a word to you because even though maybe you've You've given your life to Christ and trusted him as Savior. We have this tendency to begin to pretend that we don't have a limp anymore, that we don't struggle with our past or our personality or our background. We kind of cover and hide from others, but the Lord knows that weakness. He knows the limp very well. Would you say, God, I, I, I want to recognize how weak I am. I just want to be honest about that because I try to pretend that I have it all together and that I don't need you and it just makes me all the weaker still. Would you help me instead to say, God, I see the truth of my own personal weakness. And out of that weakness, I trust you. You're able to do your work in and through me. As a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in me to empower and strengthen me. I've been trying to do this on my own. God, help me to embrace my weakness so that I find your strength. So that I find your solutions instead of mine so that I go your direction instead of the world's direction. God, help me to embrace that weakness and find your strength instead. Father, I want to thank you for your word, and you, you teach us some hard things. And we, when we are honest with ourselves, we see the limp in our own life, the, the limp that we try to cover from others that we want others not to see, but we can't hide it from you. We struggle with our past and with our sins, with our failures with the battle between the old nature and the new nature, the battle between who we were and who you say we are in Christ, the battle between our sinful start and, and the promise you have of a fully healed heaven. And so in this broken place and in this broken time and in our broken lives, we want to acknowledge that we need you, that we are weak and through that to find your strength because you are strong and you are able 
and you could put us together and you can make us whole and you can give our lives purpose and meaning and you can use us to accomplish great things for your glory. And so we embrace those and embrace your strength. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.